I had a house. I split up from a person. I lost the house. Mm-hmm. As in, we had to sell it. So then I had to move back down to London. Mm. I then had to live with my dad. Mm. He then made me homeless, chucked me out on the street. Mm-hmm. I had nowhere to live. I had a cat. I've always got a cat. Mm. Um, the cat's crying along the street because I've got nowhere to live. Wow. Then I met someone who supported me. Mm. I phoned up my family for help and they wouldn't help me mm. because one was because I had a cat. Mm. I know people say, oh, well, you just get rid of the cat then but that's not how life is you just don't get rid of animals this is nifty conversations well this is podcast number 15 and my guest today is my good friend felicity phil so one of the things i wanted to cover is basically telling your story. You're someone who's who's inspired me, worked hard. Uh, I've known you for over 30 years. In terms of life, I've seen you as someone who's taken on some hard knocks and uh, you've always continued to move forward. The circumstances that you grew up in were not very easy. That never stopped you. The other thing I really liked about you is, is in terms of our friendship, you're someone who epitomizes a good friend to me. You're loyal, uh, you express no judgment over, over people and yeah, and you're very supportive. So I think by having this conversation, I hope that we can highlight some of the things that you've been through and how you've overcome, have overcome those and where we are now with a view that this might inspire and encourage others. So going back to yourself, what I wanted to share is a little bit about yourself, about your instances where you've persevered, your hard work, the difficulties that you've been through. If you remember back in school, how it was, what was that experience like for you? And what are the sort of things, lessons did you learn from that, from the school school days? Hi, I'm Felicity. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you. And I'd like to say thank you to you because our friendship has meant so much to me over the years. And the fact that you're always there as well to support me helps me to carry on. So going back to that question, it's Mm. I think I, as many do, you always need a team around you. Mm. And you've been part of that team since we were 10 years old. Mm. So going through our school days, primary school, well, my life beginning in primary school was I didn't realize it was much different to anybody else's really but when you look back on it now my home life was different Mm. so I wasn't I didn't have the mother and the father Mm. sort of environment and it was more of a replication of things there's a lot of dynamics going on that you aren't aware of a child but actually shape you when you get older so that bond Mm. with your mother obviously I didn't have that and I always thought there was something missing I just didn't know what it was Mm. but also in that it also allowed me some freedom Mm. so there's always two sides to stories there's always two sides to hardship Mm. so like in Brampton going to school there although our school was not a good school really but we developed some really good friends and really good support yeah And I think that support is what guided us through, especially guided me through Mm. the years that I was there. Mm. We've had loads of experiences and they've all been also very interesting and, and it's true there's been a lot of things that's happened in my life in school especially Mm. that shaped me without me knowing it at the time Mm. into who I am now I think for me school was seems like a bit of a battleground sometime and I think that was a good thing it was in a good way sometimes Mm. it helped in life to survive yeah so I wasn't always babied or protected in a way. And so I had to face things in school that maybe other people didn't have to face. Mm. For example, Mm. we formed a group, as you know yourself, Mm. me and some other friends. We got together. There was instances where it was, oh, the NF or whatever's coming down. Mm. And it was just us in a group and Mm. we sort of banded together. Mm. We had to take that head on, Mm. deal with it head on. We, it wasn't in the day and age now where if anything like that's happening with children, because mm. we were children at the time, mm. it would have been the police down, it would have been social services, it would have been a support mm. um, there for the children. We kind of just had a teacher who took us into a room mm. and then waited for half an hour and then said, <laughs> off you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So we had to face those, and I don't think everybody has to face that. And just mm. living in sort of East London itself, mm. that also is is something that shapes you. Mm. For example, 16, as soon as you hit 16 and we had a job, mm. that's the kind of thing that you did. I think mostly everyone was doing it, part-time job, mm. your friends were all doing it. Starting off with the jobs, you know, what I find interesting is that when we were, we were at school, you had some really interesting jobs, which I, <laughs> even to this day, surprised me. Do you want to talk about a little bit about some of the jobs you had at school, some of the jobs you've had over a period of time, which you might surprise that you've come to me and say, guess what, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, really? How how did you get into that? <laughs> yeah, so we used to go to this chip shop yep. just down the road at lunchtime. And I think one day they had like a little advert in mm. and it was they needed staff mm. so I said to the woman because I was there almost every lunchtime mm. oh I can do this can I do that and she was like mm, I'm not sure because mm. they said they wanted someone with a degree yeah but oh, for to do, to do <laughs> fish and chips yeah <laughs> to do the fish and chips yeah so I was like well no I'm always here yeah. so she let me have a go mm. and I did every weekend I would go and work with them but the thing was I always used to burn my thumb with <laughs> the curry sauce and the chili sauce so the sweet and sour sauce so I didn't last amazingly well there but I gave it a go mm. and then my friend she used to work in asda so i then got a job in asda mm. doing the milks mm. then i got a job in the premier inn which is just across the road from asda from us mm. and then later on as we got a bit older in college and stuff i started joining agencies mm. and then i always did it's not like in my school days but then Every time I was just looking for something, that sort of avenue, that opportunity, yeah, that's the one. And yeah. then I managed to do the door supervisor yeah. one, the security, security guard, the security, security guard job. one. Yeah. So oh, I, I did how'd that. How did you get into the security job? Was it was it the same thing? Is that you you were looking for an opportunity? Just yeah, always looking for that opportunity, right? Yeah. So I wanted something like a side hustle, but in those days I didn't realize it was a side hustle. Yeah. Now because that's what's been mostly talked about mm. you have your main job you have a side hustle you have this you have that you have mm. seven streams of income and what have you mm. so i was replicating that but i didn't actually know it at the time yeah. so i was doing my own job and i was like yeah i need to do something else so i did the door supervising course mm. um went through done that got the badge started doing that at the weekends but at this time were you still at university were this is this when you're college or were you at the university at the time when no i think i was in between things there was a part of my life where I went to college mm. I went to uni I went to one uni for a year mm. and then in that I when I was doing that uni I worked in in McDonald's mm. and it was Blockbusters at okay. the time <laughs> okay <laughs> funny enough I lasted in Blockbusters yeah so I used to do all those but that was just like the uni thing and then there was mm. a period where like I said, you know, stuff hasn't been easy for me. So mm. where people have that home to go back to, mm. I always had to find some way to survive. Yeah. And I always, I would always speak to people all the time. Like mm. I had a lot of people that I spoke to, people that I just met, mm. asking people for advice, asking mm. people for what I should do. Mm. And in that, that's quite dangerous because that's quite vulnerable. So yeah. I was quite vulnerable because, and I was very young. I was like, could be 19, 20, 21 yeah. at the time, 22. Mm. So I lived in you know, like rooms, mm. in bedsits. Mm. And then at some time, my friend had to come and bring me shopping. Mm because I couldn't afford to eat mm. and then I used to eat pretzels which I still eat to this day because they mm. were just a pound mm. and so and because they're like bready they used to last me the whole day mm. and the rent and stuff I had to find jobs to do mm. and so I would speak to a lot of people to see what they were doing mm. and fortunately for me mm it didn't lead me down the wrong path because it easily could have done. Yeah, yeah. Because I was opened to lots of different people who did things that weren't necessarily okay. Mm. I could have got into crime, I could have got into drugs or anything what, like that. What would have prevented you from getting into those things? Like you're saying, you were open, you, you'd come across different different types of people you were asking them for advice but then there was this element that you were vulnerable what would have stopped you from doing that what do you think was helping you from doing that from not going down that path i think for me 
it was at the back of my mind because maybe I didn't have that mom and dad element mm. of things, but I did grow up with auntie mm. and she always was rather still straight laced. Yeah, yeah. So there wasn't any of that in my household mm. to say that that was an imprint or a backdrop. Mm. So there could have been an element where I didn't recognize those things mm. to, to go into it. I didn't sort of like wonder into it as if that was sort of like a normal thing for me to do understood. understand crime mm. know about stealing mm. all that kind of stuff because mm. when and also my friends so when we was in brampton we formed a group mm. and when we got older we had a little group mm. the younger ones that we used to look after yeah, yeah. and when they used to do naughty things mm. we would tell them off like mm. we had two little boys mm. and one time they stole some i don't think prick stick or something from asda mm. so i think i was in charge of my one and somebody else was in charge of, of theirs mm. and like we were their mothers and we said nope you're taking it back into asda you're not stealing mm. so that kind of stuff mm. also responsibility helped. yeah put in, being put in and then we lucky for us at the time mm. there was community centers at the time there mm. was youth clubs yeah I remember, um yeah. and so the youth club that i used to go to mm. i was the magazine director or something of mm. that so mm. and it was about no drugs mm. not using drugs mm. so the magazine was all about that telling kids why they shouldn't use drugs telling teaching us about drugs what it meant mm. and also in that i used to do acting mm. so i was doing the acting and it was about not using drugs mm. and what that meant mm. and so we did a whole play mm. about not using drugs mm. so that's my that's my backdrop yeah so from that yeah i think that helped and you also did other things as a duke called edinburgh uh, oh, yeah, activity yeah. you kind of volunteered yourself and put yourself forward for many different things not just the support of our young kids but there were other things that you did Do you want to talk a little bit about what those things were yeah so the the dv the duke of edinburgh that i did as well that also supported me to shape my mind into sort of like positive aspects of life mm. so that was really good as much as i complained about it but camping <laughs> also taught you responsibility mm. you know independent skills mm. getting along with people mm. sort of having those right mo role models Mm. So I guess when I was older mm. and I the people didn't align to what I had as my imprint, yeah. then I wouldn't gravitate towards them. I understand. And then also I was a, a Royal Air Force cadet. Mm. So I used to run around doing that. Mm. And it was I, I, I was taught to shoot a gun. Yeah, you know, I never which, knew that. <laughs> <laughs> That's used to be, okay. And that was quite um, amusing. Yeah. So they shotgun, which they showed, which, which they taught me to shoot and mm. the kickback from that. Mm. And then also one time when I was on the range mm. and, you know, I didn't... I just had this thing and, mm. and um, I had a little handgun and I just like shot it. Mm. And they're like, no, they're live round. You can't just shoot it. Oh. So, you know, well, you You're didn't give it to me. <laughs> you didn't inform me. So, and then I went to fly a plane, mm. but I didn't get to fly the plane. He just put me in the plane, like the Royal Air Force mm. base. And they put me in the, the plane. They went up and they did all these like spins and things like that. So mm. I got to experience all of that. That, mm. and then doing drills and so i suppose that kept me very fit and healthy as well yeah the thing that comes across in throughout the time i've known you is that you're quite independent and you're quite open-minded to a lot of things that others might be close-minded to so it's not like it was some of the things that you mentioned flying live ammunition or anything like that would always surprise me the other thing is that when you were university is that the time that you started your doing plumbing as well learning how to do plumbing that came afterwards that was because so, that was a big surprise to me when you approached me and goes i'm gonna do a course in plumbing it's like, it's like <laughs> why and so what led you to that point in terms of oh so it was another thing there was a time in space in this time mm -hmm. in this world when plumbing was to go through to make you wealthy wasn't mm -hmm. it it was like yeah you're a plumber you're loaded da, da, da. Yeah. so i was like wow really and I said, well, I'm going to do that. Mm. And so I did that. So I just found a course mm. and enrolled in it. Mm. And then 
off I went. So I passed the course. Mm. Obviously, you can see things in life. Mm. So I was, yeah, I can do that. Because I've always actually been like that. Like, mm. the boys will play football. Well, I can do that. Mm. They can climb. I can do that. Until mm. I try it out. And sometimes I realise, well, I'm actually scared of heights. <laughs> I'm not really going to... time you told me you were trying to climb somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a go. And I always think first that mm. I can do it. So with the plumbing thing, I can do that. You're going to make loads of money. I can do that. Mm. So I did do it. And the theory was fantastic. So Mm. I could easily do that. Doing the practical stuff in the classroom could do that. Mm. Like I said, I speak to everyone. So I found myself just phoned up Gumtree, Mm. found myself a guy um, to take me on for the learning practical part. And Mm. I ran around with him for the best part of, say, three years. Mm. I finished the course. We started up, me and him, Mm. as a male and female team Mm. to try and capture like the, the females. Um, vote sort yeah, of thing yeah, client, and yeah. that that worked for a bit and then I had to decide whether I wanted to continue it and do the gas mm. or go back into like support work and stuff what I was doing before mm. and, and so I decided to go back into doing that mm. because spiders dirt <laughs> <laughs> all bit that's that the reality of, setting it yeah the reality <laughs> of it yeah. and thinking yeah. actually am I going to do this yeah. forever yeah yeah. was the reality time yeah. so and there was a lot of change going on in my life as mm. well mm. so my life's been really changeable I had a house I split up from a person I lost the house mm-hmm. as in we had to sell it so then I had to move back down to London mm. I mm. then had to live with my dad mm. he then made me homeless chucked me out on the street mm-hmm. I had nowhere to live I had a cat I've always got a cat and mm. um, the cat's crying along the street because I've got nowhere to live oh, then yeah. I met someone who supported me Mm. I phoned up my family for help and they wouldn't help me Mm. because one was because I had a cat Mm. I know people say oh well you just get rid of the cat then but that's not how life is you just don't get rid of animals so then it was friends on the ground that Mm. helped me again it's Mm. always friends that help me yeah my actual family don't help me as in an adult when Mm. I was little like I said my auntie looked after me until Mm. she had to Mm. and I'll be very grateful for that but as an adult Mm. and you know that's quite independent this is how possibly like for me the Europe UK is anyway we teach the kids to stand on their own two feet Mm. but sometimes you know when it comes to like homeless stuff I would like a bit of help and it's always been Mm. friends so my friend Falk said come to her room Mm. which she was leaving in two weeks Mm. she was looking for somewhere so she was going to be homeless too Mm. she said bring the cat although the cat wasn't allowed Mm. whereas I had a family member who had their own house and could have put me up and refused Mm. and then Mm. I had you teeks you stepped in you took me from my dad's with black bin liners black bags you held them for a bit because i didn't have anywhere to keep them without any question and then when i found a room you helped me with the stuff up to the room so it's always been friends around me i think that's one of the things why i always spoke to people because strangers and friends are the ones who've always helped me more in my adulthood than family i don't they're just not they don't feature so that blood thicker than water thing doesn't feature in my life and on the back of that Mm. it's also allowed me some freedom yeah to be fair because i'm not tied Mm. because sometimes i can see people they're tied to family like Mm. they can't make their own decisions they can't just go Mm. anywhere whereas I feel free enough mm. to move from London, another part of my life, mm. and zip Be- off. Before you come to that, so you're in London, and then I get a phone call from you saying that at this stage, I need to do something different. And the emphasis was on going back and getting an education and doing something different. Uh, so that's how I remember it. What led you to that point of, okay, now I need to make this change in my life and I'm willing to go anywhere and everywhere to just make that change in order to pretty much change my life around. So Yeah, so it comes way, way, way on the back of that where I was finishing sort of like the plumbing stuff. Mm. I'd moved into that room that you helped me move into Mm. and I was running around still doing the plumbing, but stuff's hard. When you're plumbing, Mm. it's job by job. Mm. So there's nothing steady there mm. and you've got 
rent to pay, you've got bills to pay, you've got food to eat and there's nothing steady coming in. You can get a good job one day, which is £500 to put in a radiator and or system or whatever. Mm. And then but that could take a week. Yeah. And then the next day you get one that's 80 quid. Mm. So if you put that over a long period, so you're kind of living hand to mouth. Yeah. And that must have been difficult for you, especially in an expensive city like London where you can't predict what your income is going to be from week to week. Is that how it was? Or? Yeah, that's how it was. Yeah. And I couldn't afford my car anymore. Mm. That had broken down. I couldn't afford to get another one. Mm. Like I said, we didn't have anybody to help us. So mm. I had to change focus. Mm. And from that's when I decided to go back to doing like the support work and stuff because mm. it's steady, it's there. Mm. I know what I'm doing. And then I did that for a little bit and... Then you get onto this merry-go-round of you get comfortable. Mm. So I was going on holidays. I was going out in London. Obviously in London, someone phones you up. Oh, come and meet me. Come meet me down in Soho. Mm. So you're on that and you've got new friends and you meet people all the time. Mm. And then the reality sets in again when you're okay living in a studio Mm. and you've got like a rat as a friend. Like, honestly, like, what is that? So... In that default template comes back to my mind where, no, that's not acceptable. That's not how I lived. Mm. I didn't grow up like that. And um, I don't, foremost, I don't want to live like that. Mm. So I had to decide what you're going to do about it. Mm. And it's unconscious for me sometimes. Sometimes it just clicks. It's like, okay, no, change. Mm. So then I did the psychology degree. Mm. And that was... this was your second degree as the other one you'd finished... So I'd gone to university twice before Mm. and I had been doing business and stuff. Mm. So I'd gone through the motions, but I didn't do amazingly well. So Mm. I wouldn't say that it was anything that I'd passed, you know, with flying colours and stuff. It Mm. was more of a survival mechanism because it afforded me a bit of, say, um, if I needed some help, then auntie would help me a bit more because I was in like education. Okay. So So (laughs) it was, yeah, it was a means to an end. But this time Mm. when I made the decision, Mm. it was because I made that decision. I knew what I wanted to do Mm. when I was younger. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So at this time you'd figured it out while you're in London, that I need to make a change. I know what I need to, I want to do. And this was a psychology degree. Yeah. Yeah. And it helped that I'd worked how I'd worked mm. um, the because work. the support working, floating support, mm. working with people. But I was scared mm. because it's a lot of learning. Mm. When you see people go into the universities, they're really smart, they're really clever and stuff. And I, mm. I remember being on the train mm. and I met one of my old work colleagues and I said, oh, I'm going to do my psychology degree. And she goes, oh, that would take a lot of brain. Wow. okay. So... That was like, oh, that then, like, biting my nails. Oh, my God, am I ever going to be able to do this? I mean, Mm. do I even know how to learn or psychology or even write that way? Mm. So there's people there that knock you off. So I went and done it. And it's not a very easy decision to make because here's where your family is in London, your friends are in London, and you're deciding. Initially, it wasn't going to be where you decided to go, but... You were looking at every other place outside London at that time, right? Is that right? No, before the psychology one was going to be in London. Okay. Yeah, mm. because Birkbeck is really good uni, mm-hmm. actually. Wait, oh, yes. Yeah, so first. I went to Birkbeck and yeah. I did the psychology degree and, and it was amazing. I got to go to Munich, mm. got to go to Germany to mm. do my research project yeah. and I got a first on that yeah. because I did a collab with the uni and Birkbeck Uni and the one in Germany and it was just like amazing, eye-opening, <laughs> really eye-opening yeah. to be able to do that. I spent a weekend there with them, I thought you know what this is what surprises me about you is that I didn't even know that you went to Germany Uh, (laughs) (laughs) although I remember coming to visit a university but you never really spoke about that and and this kind of a typical theme for our friendship is that you do things that are really surprising and amazing and you think wow that's quite brave but what did that what did that degree give you in terms of it was a base as a starting point for what confidence it gave me that confidence that i needed Mm. to believe in education Mm -hmm. 
because I don't think I really ever believed in education. I remember being in college and running around in college and, and you know, pretending to do my A-levels and what have you and, you know, go through the motions because my friends were, you guys were. Mm. And so that's the kind of thing that I did because you guys did it. But I didn't really understand education. Mm. But doing the psychology degree helped me to understand education mm. and helped me to realise that it's actually about confidence mm. self-confidence and planning and strategy mm. and focus mm. and that's what I got out of it because when I did my psychology degree I was ace like mm. I said I got first in my research project mm. although my exams smashed them like 70s 80 percent like on exams and like for me that I didn't even think that I would ever be able to do something like that mm. And I asked for help as well. Yeah. I sought out support from tutors and stuff yeah. when I couldn't do something. And that's so important, like I said, with that teamwork, yeah. because you can't do it on your own. Yeah. And you always need someone, people around you there to support you in whatever avenue it is. And wherever I've got to now, I haven't done it on my own at all. Yeah. And this is the important thing as well with that it teaches you teamwork mm. the, the time that came in after that mm. which is what you're talking about was where I was thinking to go abroad go from London mm. was when I was doing my masters mm. because I wanted to do the cog neuroscience mm. and masters in neuroscience and so, do the PhD and that's when I asked the my German lecturer mm. and he was interested in me doing it but it was costing like nine thousand pounds mm. and we we're going to go and live in Germany and do all that but mm. Just taking a step back, so you've got this confidence, you've come out, you finished your degree about back in psychology, and one of the things there is that what then prompted you to go and do a master's, because was that to go on to do further studies? One, because I, I believed in education. The education. I started yeah. to believe in education, yeah. and then I knew that I could do it. Mm. So I knew I could do a master's. It was, just, it was just the natural next step. Okay. And when you go into Birkbeck anyway, they their thing is just a natural next step to study. Mm. That's just what their ethos was. Mm. They're the University of London and they do have prestige and stuff and, and they're very academic and they're evening lecturers so they don't necessarily always work in Birkbeck. They mm. like work in Oxford and, and um, oh, UCL. and So they're lecturers from there. Mm. And I'm not saying anything about any other universities, mm. but for me, that sort of their mindset was focus mm. on further learning. I mean, like, you do your degree and then what else are you going to do? Like, yeah. there's a plan, you do something else. Yeah. And that's how it was. So when I got, like, my research project, so they were saying to me, right, okay, now you're going to do which one? Neuroscience, what are you interested in? Okay, how are you going to do that? What's the path? It was just like a natural progression. So that's what you did. Oh, okay. yeah. And I had the confidence to do that. I didn't mm. doubt myself like how I doubted myself that's when it. I yeah. went to do the, the psychology. Yeah, yeah. It so that's where all the confidence came in. Mm. But also, for me, what kicked in was that I needed to have something to earn money more straight away-ish. Okay. So I didn't have the funds to do neuroscience. Mm. And I needed to pay for where I live. There isn't that support there. Mm. So I had to look at what tools I had mm. and what tools education had mm. in order to marry up with me. Mm. And it was the job that I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And so I did the masters in that in Manchester mm -hmm. and I was looking to do all different places because you know about survival. So yeah, I was yeah. looking in Holland, mm -hmm. in Netherlands because their masters programs are for what, a thousand pounds. I mean, like honestly, so affordable. That was, that would, that would have been a big change because you're moving your entire, <laughs> moving away from an environment that you know very well, the environment that you're comfortable with to an environment that's quite new. And, you almost and another another running theme this kind of no fear factor about making decisions but with an element of doubt now you've got the confidence you, you've got this desire for knowledge acquiring knowledge and information so when you came to having to make the decision what was your thought process about where you're going to end up to do your masters one was cost yeah another was understanding the systems because i was looking at edinburgh as well yeah and for some reason, they don't understand Scotland. I didn't understand Scotland's education system. Right? Yeah. I would have ended up in Scotland. Mm. Then it crossed off down to Birmingham, mm. Manchester, mm. Liverpool. Mm. And for some reason, mm. Manchester sort of ticked the box. It was 
a bit I wouldn't say closer, but direct to get to, enough to get to, easier than Scotland, mm. for example. So it was kind of in the middle. Mm. So if I needed to go back down to London, it's a two-hour journey on the train, and I could do that. Manchester seemed vibrant. Mm. So I applied to all the three unis, mm. got into all the three unis, mm. and then I could choose which one I wanted to go to. Mm. And then it just happened from there, really. The Masters was fine. Mm. I also managed to get that at a good price because mm. remember price was the factor so I got a grant mm. for the first and second year so I didn't have to pay for my master's mm. um, degree mm. so that's really positive as well because that takes some engineering mm. to find that out because we're at a time when education's massively expensive mm. my psychology degree as well I got that a grant for the first year mm. and then the other three years I paid in installments mm -hmm. so that was quite a heavy burden obviously because like I said London's not cheap <laughs> <laughs> so when I do things as well mm. there is an element of thought and strategy that goes mm. into it to make sure that I can afford what I'm doing understood yeah I can and see that yeah. it and that it will pay off okay. in the end so you do your masters you complete your masters and this opens up different possibilities for me for you you've completed your masters you're now uh, living in manchester tell me about when you finished what were you looking to do next what were you strategizing about what were you thinking about that time well doing the masters that i did it's more people-based mm. so there was a time in my life when I was very business orientated, mm. like I said, and but I didn't realize how that was feeding me. Mm, mm. I've realized it now mm. and it's working now. Okay. I am actually conscious about it. Mm. But when I was doing my master's, it was I was very focused on that mm. and I was very focused on that career. Mm. And it opens up lots of doors. But what happened in Manchester for me was, again, the people that I encountered in my job mm. were so kind, mm. so helpful, mm. and without them, I would never be where I am. Mm. I came from London, mm. random girl. Mm. I ended up in somewhere outside of Manchester mm. where, I hasten to say, there's not many black girls mm. roaming around mm. and you always hear about you have a, like a little bit of a fear oh mm. are they going to treat me okay am I going fine mm. everybody knows everybody they all grow up in that area they've mm. got their mom dad sister brother and it's just sort of like you land in mm. are you how are you going to be gonna received be yeah. yeah and luckily for me I have done and I feel that some people have just gone like beyond like I needed mm. a placement so my practice educator got me a placement mm. and I was working where she was working as a student mm. and they gave me the opportunity to stay in that role mm. when no other student was doing it mm. after I finished my course mm. and then I worked in there for at the weekends mm. gaining experience which they allowed me to do they didn't pay me mm. but I was gaining experience and as soon as I got my paperwork mm. Then they kept me on and kept me and then started paying me. And that allowed me to then save up mm. for a deposit because I was, and I was the only student, the only new person, the only student and the only new person and the only one out of the whole organization that was allowed mm. to do that. Mm. And they continue just to keep me on the books and I wasn't at the right level. Mm. I was supposed to be like a level nine. Mm. I was a level seven, like I said, just out of student mm. and they kept me on and that's what I'm saying. They went far beyond stuff to, to do things to for me, yeah. to give me that opportunity mm. and they paved those ways for me to do that. Mm. And that, those ways allowed you to do certain things that you might not be able to do in London by your first home that was an achievement when you do something like that oh what are you thinking what are you are you looking at okay now i'm now in using the business knowledge that i acquired do i start to invest or is it just want to get home what was the thought process during that time i think for me things just come at stages yeah so i'd had a house before mm. When I was doing in London, I'd had a house, but it wasn't in London. It was in Luton, Bedfordshire. Mm. Like I said, that's when I went to live with my dad because I'd split up from the person and then, mm. you know, we had to sell that, etc. So my whole thing has always been like when I said that it sort of clicked in. I can't live how we were living before because mm. that's not okay. Mm. So it is too secure 
you're my own place mm. that's always been my thought because that's what i see i see people settled mm. i see people doing that mm. and i don't mind renting at all mm. i think renting's a good thing because it helped me to get to where i am now mm. so it helps you to save mm. it helps you to understand what you do and you don't want mm. and then it gives you that breathing space because when things like repairs and stuff come up mm. you don't have to fork out for it mm. so you get a nice place to live when you find a nice one mm. and you can save up your money and you don't have to worry about anything else mm. it's that freedom that peace of mind mm. so i've had that for a long time mm. and when i was younger like i said i spoke to a lot of people mm. and they advised me in a lot of different ways mm. like i saw when i was living in one of my bedsits that i was living at mm. and the guy owned the whole building and i think he owned another building in wood green this massive student one it's not mm. just students but this massive one and i said to him one day how did you do that mm. how do you do that and he said to me he was a jewish guy mm. and he said to me you start off small mm. like you plant a tree mm. and then you nurture the tree mm. you water the tree and then when the tree grows up mm. and it has all the fruits, then you pick all the fruits. Understood. Now I didn't understand what he meant then. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I was like, yeah, all right then. Yeah. And toddled off. <laughs> yeah. Another guy along the way, mm. when I had a flat in London, he said to me, buy that flat. Mm. You'll be a millionaire in 10 years time. He said, do some after work or whatever, mm. do some taxiing. Mm. So you get a hundred pounds a month extra a month mm. that's a, it was a lot of money in them days you mm. know 100 pounds is not that great now but it was a lot of money in that days mm. and then he said and you'll be fine one thing led to another i couldn't stay in the flat again another hardship came along i was being abused and stuff and mm. being abused by the community when i was walking the street they were throwing rocks at me mm. calling me names knocking on the door just bullying me and stuff like that so i had to flee from mm. there mm. but i kept i listened to what the people said mm. and when i came up to manchester again another guy said to me so i said what about the houses in manchester i said i said what do you think we should do do you what he goes buy one mm. i said where he goes anywhere mm. just buy a house so i was like okay so i remember all these things mm. so as soon so that's when when I was getting these extra jobs, I was just naturally saving the money because people had been telling me to do this for years. Mm. Like, And then I was just executing what they were saying now. Mm. It's all there, unconscious, and it was flooding to my conscious. And, and I was in a position where I could, oh, actually, I might be able to do something. So it was just one day, I'm like, right, that's it. I'd saved up some money. Mm. I think it was about 8,000 or something. I couldn't bear going to 10. I just, It was just such a slog. So... I said, right. And at the time, it was really quite hard to get a 5% mortgage, wasn't it? But I found one. I got one. And I said, we have to do it now this year. And it was quite lucky because after that year, it changed. It changed, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then it was COVID and this, that and the other. And things just went down downhill. Yeah. And I got this house where I'm at. Yeah. But when before I got this house, yeah. that how I got this house was the extra work that I used to do. Yeah. So I used to work from Monday to Friday. Yeah. My job is not nine to five, but just say nine to five for argument's yeah. sake. And then after that, then I'll do the evening job yeah. and the weekend job. To save up some extra To save money. up extra money. Yeah. But also, I would then, we had a spare room yeah. in the place where we were living. Yeah. And then I put that on the Airbnb. Yeah. So that money went towards it as well. Yeah. So I would do all those extra things mm. and it worked out. And so I thought, right, okay, we've got this now. So I'll replicate it, mm. replicate what everyone's been telling me to do. Mm. So then I bought another place. Mm. So I'm just in a phase. I've bought this place brand new, mm. learning mm. about this side of the business. Mm. And for me, for this past two years, this is where the business side of me has come back again. Mm -hmm. It was dormant for a long time. Yeah, because... Even during school, you started business and university, you started business. You you had conversations with people who were helping you in terms of business. So it became it became a big it became a, a part of your life. Business became a big part of your life. What was what's interesting about the story that you have, and just to surmise where we are up at this stage, you started off with someone who never had the best of conditions and what i mean by that it wasn't the ideal start you've relied 
of had support from pretty much people around you, including those people who are not your family, like your friends, strangers, who've dropped a little bit of knowledge as you've gone along. But at that time, the knowledge was never something that you actually utilised. The changing point f for me, listening to your story, was the confidence that came from education and the appetite to continue learning. But when you say that, I also recognise that throughout this time, you are always an advert of someone who always read, who always liked knowledge, acquired knowledge, but never with a specific goal, just like consuming knowledge. And then that point where you have the confidence and you've got this new knowledge, open up the possibilities, it sounds like everything started to come together. Is that the right takeaway from this? Yeah, it, and, and it does. It feels like everything started to come together. Mm. It feels like all those years yeah. of going through all the stuff that I went through and meeting all the different people, listening to what they said, but not being able to action it at the time. Mm -hmm. Opportunities that I realised that I missed mm at the time as well and not being able to do anything about it because I was in a particular situation. Mm. And now that I've found myself in a position where I can action it, I'm yeah. actioning it without any holes barred. I'm just going for it. That's like cool. it, there is just, there's just nothing that's going to stop me now. Mm. Um, not even COVID. Mm. I'm going to do what I've learned. Mm. That newfound confidence is that, okay, I'm willing to take risks now. I'm willing to, learn and if something makes sense i'm just gonna go for it yeah, yeah. like i just i got offered a permanent role mm. and the role was a higher position mm. and so i took it for six months mm. but it wasn't fitting into the strategy that mm. i have in place mm. in order for my financial freedom mm. and the people were beautiful as well they're very nice mm. so it was very hard to give up a permanent job mm. move away from people that are nice mm. but I did it anyway because I have a strategy because and I have to execute it yeah. and it's as cold as that yeah. and it will happen mm. and I will do it mm. and I will find new people because I always do but yeah. also I have those people with me mm. that I've had for life like mm. you mm. you're not going anywhere mm. I know that and if I need help I've got it yeah. and that for me is is enough that's what I need like I said it's always a team mm. And, and and just coming on to that is that the bigger plan that you have is along the way that the way you see this the way you're where you're heading to is you're looking at your retirement and thinking my bigger plan is I'm going to retire somewhere do you want to talk a little bit about that and and what's kind of driving your goals and your the hard work and the effort because I know for a fact you're someone who's up at 4 a.m in the morning researching looking for information looking for opportunities what is that bigger plan yeah so four o'clock in the morning thing helped me to get this house mm. it helped me to get the other house mm. that we've got now I'm building an empire mm. and that's the only way I can do it because there's 24 hours in a day mm. and I need as many hours as I can mm. in order to build that empire. Mm. And the bigger picture is, is that I'm going to be on a beach with cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> As part of your retirement. <laughs> and, 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 and that is it really. Mm. I, I want, for me, what mm. I've also learned throughout this process is that I value freedom. Mm. I've, I just need to be free mm. and I need to make my own decisions. I no lo longer want to be dictated to. Mm. You have to be in work at nine o'clock. Someone's looking at the clock. Mm. If I don't disagree, if I disagree with a decision, mm. I'd like to do so on mm. my own terms mm. without, you know, going through a process and doing all the smiling <laughs> that you have to do. Mm. If I want to leave, I can leave. Mm. If I want to change island i can change island mm. and i don't have to ask anybody mm. obviously there's restrictions there's rules that's fine mm. but as much freedom as i can get mm. in my life i think that's what i'm valuing now and the, and the only way you can do that these days mm. is to have financial freedom so it's not actually money that i that i love it's, it's yeah it's the freedom i people will say to you oh yeah you just care about money this that and the other mm. actually it's not mm. if it was shells that you had to collect mm. in order to be free mm. then it'll be shells that i'd be collecting yeah, yeah yeah but so my strategy mm. may change a little bit mm. but i'm I'm not one who's sort of creative in the way that I see the young ones now mm. where they develop some 
social media thing mm. or something like that. I tend to fall back on the old ideas. Yeah, so that's, uh, brick, <laughs> yeah, 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 bricks and mortar stuff. It, yeah. It's it's the old ideas. Things and, that, you know, you have worked before, yeah, they make sense. It, yeah. It, yeah. I, I, and I can see that in your approach. Everything that you do is about, is it practical? Does it make sense? Uh, one of the other things that you haven't t- talked about is you have an own, own line, line of dolls that you actually sell. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so the pandemic hit and with that, the world went silent Mm. and that brought about some thinking space that I didn't realise or a lot of people didn't realise that we needed. So there wasn't all that bombardment with, I don't know, social medias and everything like the busyness, everything just went silent. I think even the weather improved (laughs) and that allowed me to be still Mm. and to think and be creative so and I think Bill Gates actually does this as well I heard he goes Mm. away for a week Mm. on an island and there's no communication with anybody whatsoever Mm. and that's his creative thinking time and I think that's what happened with the world just went still Mm. and then I thought well I need to do something Mm. because I'm not doing the extra work and the Airbnb went quiet Mm. so that closed down Mm. so I need to bring in some funds so Mm. what am I going to do and I thought, right, okay, so I'm black. Mm. We need representation. Mm. Kids. Mm. Dolls. Mm. So black dolls. Mm. And when I had a look around, not there wasn't there isn't any black dolls about. Mm. Like you go to Tesco's, mm. you don't see any. And if you do see them, they're like really expensive, forty five quid, fifty quid or something like that. Mm. So then I was like, right, okay. But before the before the dolls, mm. I said, right, I'm going to sell. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to sell stuff. When I was a kid and I was in primary school, I had this grey briefcase mm. and I used to take everything from my house and I used mm. to sell it for two pence <laughs> out of the briefcase, mm-hmm. right? Mm. So I've always done something like that. Mm. And so it's not new. And then this girl, she was really good at, in primary school, she was really good at drawing. Mm. So I wanted to do a magazine. Mm. Yeah, so it's always along the lines of selling something. So like, what am I going to sell? And then I was having a look and then I sold, um, I started off selling, Mm. what are they, little juicers, Mm. little blenders that you could take when you're going fitness and stuff and Mm. drinking the smoothie and things like that. So I sold, they sold out. So I tried them. I bought five. And I put the advert out on Facebook. Mm. Amazing. Got phone calls. And then I was delivering them to people. Mm. And then Auntie bought one. Mm. And Auntie's friend bought one. Mm. So they were gone. I was like, oh. So I got so excited. I'm like, oh, actually, someone's buying something from me. <laughs> so then I sold those. And then the Christmas mask was coming up to Christmas. Mm. And then I just came across these dolls. Mm. And they African type black Barbie dolls. Mm. And they were just so, I don't know, they just spoke to me. Mm. And so I bought a box. Mm. Uh, it was a box of 50. Mm. And then I put the pictures up on Facebook. Mm. Oh, my God, the, my phone crashed. Mm. Like, literally, I could mm. not keep it. I could, I could not believe what was going on. Mm. And they just went. Mm. So then I had to order more. And it was Christmas time as well, mm. so I had to order another box. And I literally have sold about 300 dolls. Mm. And I've got, like, three left of the black baby dolls mm. and when people come like my friends and stuff even mm. i bought one because they're so cute mm. and it's just it's just amazing mm. and it's something that's really body positive as well because i've never really much been into oh i'm but, black things yeah. must be black i've got must have black pictures mm. all this kind of stuff i've never really been into that because i don't think i am because of my mind is free yeah yeah so i don't hold on to anything specifically cultural yeah because then I don't have that pull. Mm. So then I can do what I want. Yeah, It's yeah. like I don't hold on to gender either. Mm. I'm not saying I want to be a man or anything like that. I'm just mm. saying that mm. if the school. boys can play football, so can I. Yeah. It until doesn't you, matter that I'm a girl or a boy. Until you realise there's some limits when you try to climb. <laughs> and, and you <laughs> and like heights. Yeah. And like the plumbing as well. Yeah. I didn't care that yeah. just men do it. If you can make money from it, I can too. Yeah. And so I don't hold on to these things. So, mm. But when I saw the dolls, I was actually quite impressed with them, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. And they went very quickly and they're um, really impressive those well mm. what, what in terms of like presents to kids nephews nieces and stuff like um, you know they're they're really nice items to buy for, for children on that note where can someone get hold of your dolls if they wanted to 
So I've got this Instagram page mm. called Feliz Feliz, mm. which means happy, by the way. And mm. that's what I generally, you know, when I'm thinking about, so when I'm thinking about freedom, my whole sort of ethos is just sort of like happiness, trying to generate happiness. Mm. And that's why I called it Feliz Feliz. So it's on Instagram, the Feliz Feliz, and you can see the dolls there. Mm. And what we pride ourselves in is like our customer service. So mm. You can see people's comments and there's like little video clips as well about how happy people are when they receive the dolls. And it's also on um, Facebook yeah. under got a Facebook page called Feliz Feliz as well. Okay. And so you can see them all there. Fantastic. So I, I'm just, I hope my takeaway from this is that with you, I know that whatever obstacles you're going to encounter, you're always going to find a way of coming through I, I hope that what's come across through this podcast is someone who I think the key word for me is perseverance hard work key words are perseverance hard work someone who doesn't have it easy but continues to just keep moving forward and moving forward and I hope you know nothing's nothing nothing's been given to you on a on a silver plate or nothing's come easy to you but you demonstrate that in spite of that you can still have a level of success and as your friend i hope that you continue to see that success going forward but i thank you very much for sharing your story i, I think it's an important story to be told what about is there anything else you would like to say and yeah so what i was going to say is that for people out there who are going through things and don't have the support around them behind them is that actually seek out like ask for help it yeah. really does work and don't ever think that you're not good enough to do anything and even if maybe you may not be able to do something and you want but you want to do it give it a go because you never know where it will take you mm. i never knew where education was going to take me mm. i never knew where airbnb was going to take me mm. it's taken me to another house mm. it's taken me to buy another house mm. i never knew where selling things online was going to take me mm. it's taken me to maybe i'm not completely doing it constantly all the mm. time mm. simply because i don't have time mm. But it's taken me to realize how you can use social media. You've mm. got all these tools that you can use to your advantage. Mm. So basically just keep going. It's persistence. It's mm. focus, laser focus, and that you are good enough. Yeah. And I would just like to end on this note. A lot of things, a lot of firsts have happened because of you in terms of our friendship. Mm. My first car was because of you. My first property in house where I was staying was because of you. My first fridge was because of you. So I thank <laughs> you for that. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for your time today, Felicity. And uh, all the best with the future and your big plans, big dreams, and investment and property, whatever you decide to do. Uh, now you're very welcome. I'm glad and I'm happy to do this uh, mm. podcast with you because obviously you mean monumentous amount to me, mm. your family. Mm. We've known each other from, since we're 10 years yeah, old. So yeah. for you're my brother yeah yeah absolutely my sister <laughs> sister <laughs> thank you very much Phil. thank you